What's up, witches and bitches? Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Witch. I'm your host, Michelle. I am The Spiritual Witch, and I am here with another episode. But first, before we begin, let's get into the spiritual announcements. If you guys want to support me, you can start with monthly donations, which will allow me to create engaging content more frequently that can be accessed on more platforms. Send me a voice message. This can allow me to hear what you have to say, and you may be featured on a future episode. Make sure to download or subscribe to Apple Podcasts so that this podcast will show up more when people search for me. Don't forget to uh, do that last one. Subscribe, look for my stuff, and yeah, I'm currently looking for a way to make a little bit more money with a podcast. Um, All the sub stuff has kind of stopped, the ads have stopped, I'm a little upset about it and all that stuff, but anyway that's uh that's that i'm looking for a bunch of different options and things like that but anyway if you don't know today's episode is going to be about covid as i'm sure you know from the title we're going to be talking about long covid we're going to be talking about job stuff we're going to be talking about a lot of different things so um i hope that you guys enjoy this one i've got a guest so i'm super excited but anyway sit back relax and enjoy All right, guys, so now we have a special guest, somebody that I went to university with. He's really awesome. Um, His name is Alex. So, Alex, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of who you are and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, Really happy to be here. Uh, Big honor, actually. (laughs) Um, My name's Alex Trujillo. Uh, Like you said, uh, we went to university together. We worked on quite a few projects. Um, Fantastic producer. I can't say any more on that, honestly. Like, I could sing the praises of, of the work you did, but, like, what it really defined, too, was you settled a lot of things that were going on, and I was grateful for it uh, within our group. And I think we brought uh, forth some cool works that way. And kind of what I do now is is I, uh, I work full-time, you know, make the rent, pay the bills, um, but I stream, and that's kind of where my university uh, learnings have gone. Just similar as your passion project here, um, and that's Afropop Live. I, I'm, I've been doing it for a while now. Like I think 2017 uh, was when I started the channel on Twitch, and I just played Dark Souls <laughs> three, and would just kind of like throw myself at a boss that was uh, well renowned for killing you, and did it for weeks. Built up <laughs> a little bit of a following, but uh, things at my work. I, I used to work for Kroger. I can talk about that company the current company i work for i cannot name but i can give you all you know the nitty-gritty details and everything that's been going on with them but long story short um i try to keep my professional life and what i like to do is a hobby as a profession like uh, streaming separate but i'd like to integrate them at some point but i think i would rather work for myself than somebody else i think a lot of people definitely would um, so in case you guys are wondering, we're here to talk about, um, work stuff, job stuff, also COVID, because Alex has had a real bad bout of COVID, and we're here talking about, like, why you should get the vaccines, why people haven't got the vaccines, what it's like to be in a family where people, like, don't believe in vaccines, and Alex, if you don't feel like answering any of these questions or anything like that, yeah. totally feel free to be like, uh, skip pass we don't need to be dealing with that you know whatever because this is kind of personal you know anyone who gets sick or anything like that you know i've i've shared my migraines on uh the channel before and so that's that's a big thing for me is the migraines and stuff like that so one of my favorite things about covid which i know it shouldn't be but a lot of people are suffering from migraines and so this is leading to the national headache foundation to be doing a lot of more research into migraines and actually fucking resolving some of the issues with migraines and not just passing out pills willy fucking nilly and dealing with some of the issues with it so do you have any migraines or anything like that that you're dealing with i uh, fortunately no i will get headaches here and that is more than likely a result of a reinfection in april from my at my doctor's office um mm-hmm. i added three new symptoms at that time um Two that are really messing up my work and and causing the problems that I'm dealing with. Um, But in terms of the migraines, you're correct. And all your research that you just talked about there is is 100% what I see in my long COVID circles and groups. Uh, Migraines are a significant factor. And one of my coworkers at King Supers had a pre-existing condition of migraines that he was able to treat with medication um, and different things. I don't remember the specifics. 
but when he got COVID and it was a familial outbreak there for his situation. So I'll, I'll just be honest, not a great person, uh, a racist redneck guy that I cannot stand. And, uh, kind of had to tell off before I left cause he was really creepy to my fiance, Ooh. but, um, he suffered from migraines and, uh, it took a lot of diagnostic testing and whatnot. And he got lucky. He just switched to another medication and he, wow. he claims he was resolved, but I'll be honest with you all. A lot of people will claim their symptoms are a hundred percent resolved, but the reality is, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer on it. This is just directly from doctor and whatnot. And in, in my primary care, they don't consider you cured of long COVID unless you're 100% resolved of all your symptoms. And there's been some point of time in it. That's kind of why you don't see a lot of official like, hey, I'm cured 100% talked about um, in media or, you know, put forth by doctors because it is a scary thing. And long COVID is is still a very taboo subject that's barely getting touched on. Um, and yeah, I've kind noticed of, that. Yeah, like they don't talk about that in the media at all. And I'm kind of sitting here like, you you know, um, my ex co-host actually had long COVID as well, on top of being pregnant. So there's a lot of crap going on there. Not fun whatsoever. But anyway, I know, like, I'm very much into like the migraine stuff and and those kinds of things and the mental health and all that kind of crap. But why don't you start from the beginning? Like, how'd you get it? How did your family react? And and all that kind of stuff? Because I know we had talked privately before and you had told me a couple of things that were going on in your personal life that were a little bit iffy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I will preface it with one of my symptoms is brain fog, so I, if I forget something, I will let you guys know. Like, I can start a sentence and forget where I'm going with it, like, midway through. So if that's the case, I'll rewind, try to back up. That's okay. I've had a baby, and, and they've dealt with me through pregnancy, so that's part of brain fog. Brain fog is part of pregnancy as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's and fun. kind of what I've been learning lately is, is the term brain fog encompasses a lot of different things. Because I'll be honest with... I have coworkers who in our Slack channels will be like, oh, my brain fog's bad today. And I'm like, mm, you don't have COVID. What's up? Why are we using that? But then my fiance was like, hey, when people are pregnant and postpartum, uh, that brain fog does kick in. And I'm like, well, yeah. you know what I think? Like, I think the term brain fog needs a rebranding because it's cognitive dysfunction. Whether, whether you're, whatever your source is, if you're going through this, uh, this symptom, it's straight up something not working in your head. Yeah. And I haven't been able to get an MRI just yet. I finally got my doctor to approve it just this week. But um, sorry, let me get back to the beginning. <laughs> um, so I started keeping track with my boss and a couple of the coworkers of COVID-19 when China had its outbreak. Yeah. And that was January. And, you know, we're normal grocery store dudes, you know, with access to a smartphone and whatever. And we were able to keep up with it. And we kind of just watched February creep in, and around March, uh, Colorado had its first confirmed cases and everything, and we were starting to take precautions. You know, we had talked about, as a group, privately, hey, what would you do? This is a respiratory virus that seems very contagious, and this looks like it's going to be a thing. And we talked about, okay, well, you know, countries overseas like Japan, China, they wear face masks when they're ill and they go to work while sick unless they can't actually uh, work sick because most face masks mitigate con- uh, contagious factors. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had a plan going, but I don't think any of us planned to get hit in March. And I was probably the first person in my store, at least that was aware of it. Um, I remember kind of not feeling well on a Tuesday and like, I'll, I'll, I'll be real with you all. One of the biggest things um, that I still have a hard problem reconciling with is there was a huge push to not wear masks starting in March yeah. and, and went hard in April and May. Yeah, you and I have talked about it. Like, it, it went from the government down, but I'll be honest, the, the process, at least in my story, started locally. So mm-hmm. we, a few of us at the store who were concerned about it and kept up with it, you know, I was immunocompromised already due to Epstein-Barr virus. I have reactivating mono that I've probably really? had for a decade. Mm-hmm. Had no clue. There was a whole semester at university where uh, I was taking that professor's class trip, and uh, he discriminated against me because I was out sick all the time. Found out I had uh, reactivating mono, and that semester I caught bronchitis and strep. 
in the oh. fall semester. Oh my god, that sounds horrendous. Yeah. So I just try to be honest with people. I'm a rare case. I didn't have much of an immune system before COVID, and now I definitely don't have one. Um, a lot of my tests, like white blood cells and stuff, they come back normal, but you know, we can talk about testing and, and results later because that's a whole other thing. But so you're the person that they talk about on the news that is immunocompromised, that they want to have protecting, and, and you get the shots first, and you're the guinea pig with all that and the masks and all those kinds of things. That's what it is. That's what they want to claim, but I'll be honest, in a lot of the circles that I frequent and in my own life being disabled and, and having a partner that's disabled, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of consideration towards that. They will say, oh, we want to protect those people. We want to make sure they get shots in their arms first. Mm -hmm. It didn't really go that way in this state. I can't speak nationwide because I think some states did it better, but... Um, I can definitely tell you all about the experience trying to get vaccinated, too, as an essential worker, um, too, later on. Yeah, I remember um, my husband was trying to get vaccinated as an essential worker as well, and they wouldn't vaccinate me. It was literally a day before everyone else was supposed to get vaccinated, and he was to get vaccinated, and he was like, can we please just get her back just real quick, yeah. you know, and it was just, it was just absolutely horrible. And I remember the next day we were going to go get me vaccinated. And that's when I found out that I was pregnant. <laughs> Super fun. But Gosh. yeah, that was a whole situation. And I can't imagine, um, I can't imagine going through that, like already being disabled. And, you know, I already, I, I say on the show, like, it's not a matter of like, if you're going to ever be disabled, it's a matter of when all of us will be to some extent, to some point. You know, it just is what's going to happen. And that's why I emphasize like so much about society treating people better and treating people like with more respect and dignity and those kinds of things, because we're all going to become disabled. And if you treat people like shit now, you know, <laughs> what are you teaching your kids? You know? Yeah, I agree, especially now with with how the Omicron variants are going and and whatever comes next. And it seems like that's kind of where everyone's headed, you know. A lot of people are still able to mitigate risk and, you know, stave off COVID. You know, they do all those weird manufactured consent articles about, like, meet the super warriors who are immune to COVID. And, like, you read the article and it's like they don't leave the house ever. <laughs> and they, they have the resources to do it. Literally like, yeah. me. Stay at home, mom. Leave the house <laughs> once a week. That's why I've never had COVID. And, like, another reason I'm interviewing you so we can get the, like, nitty gritty down dirty, like, all that kind of stuff. Because you hear stuff in the news. But then what's happening in life? Yeah. You know, and, I and think that's the that's, kind of stuff. I think it comes down to the categorization of y'all because y'all are doing it the correct way. Like if, if you can absolutely stay home and, and mitigate your risk and uh, use delivery, pretty much just do everything you can to stay safe at home. I'm all the more for it. Right. Um, and it's it, really it's hard, um, you know, with everything going up, everything being so expensive and, you know, having a baby especially for moms moms have had it really hard because who's gonna watch the baby babysitters are a freaking mortgage now you know no, infant uh or the formula shortage like you know we're a country that never should have happened to yeah i bet yeah. it's still ongoing you know you don't hear it, it a is. lot anymore but right. i still see next door posts like hey walgreens was out of formula and i have like three cans left and there's been a lot yeah. of community sharing which is yes. not really you know american <laughs> a lot of americans this is new to them and i think that's why mask wearing yeah is hit with such resistance because we're we're very individualized we're a very individualized nation and when you look at it from that point of view and looking at the collectivist societies and how they are able to keep each other like safe and really take care of each other and when we're looking at like you know like japan like you said okay i'm gonna wear a mask so that you don't get sick yeah america doesn't do that America's very much like, but I will look bad. Why would I wear a mask? Like, that's so stupid. Like, that's how I feel America is. Like, come on, America. Absolutely. Get your shit together. But anyway, I digress. What What is it like being in a family that doesn't necessarily believe in COVID? Because you had told me about this in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to name names or anything like that. Um, but yeah. Brandon's family also part of his family does not really believe you know yeah um i will i'll break it into different categories i guess so i do have a section of my family that's like 
COVID is not a big deal. COVID's not real in, in the way that you all make it to be. Uh, we should open everything back up. And anyone who mitigates COVID needs to be punished for their views. I have that section of the family. I have family who do still care, but in their personal lives, they've gone back to normal. You know, they live their, they live right. their lives. They, they mm-hmm. don't really mitigate, you know, when it comes down to, like, learning from the past two years. So without naming names, like, recent situation is we went down to my hometown to sell some things because uh, I didn't have any money with my work throwing me on an unpaid leave. And a family member exposed us to something god knows you know covid tested and everything nothing uh nothing positive but i think you know just a cold but i have a cold on top of having kidney stones right now and long covid and everything's just kind of in an ugly conglomeration at the moment but i i think a lot of the stuff with family is you have it's not so binary like Mm -hmm. i have from the beginning like when we first had to quarantine because of me uh none of the instructions that I kind of laid out were followed. Like I was supposed to have food delivered. I was supposed to stay in one room, use one bathroom and kind of like none of those wishes were respected. Yeah. I, I will say they're a lot, they got a lot better, but I don't, I don't want to say they learned it out of goodness of their heart. We had a COVID outbreak shortly right after mine and I got, uh, either my symptoms came back immediately just by being in contact with this person or I got reinfected. Like, was it someone in your household? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say it. Like a sibling. A sibling okay. came in my room and was like, hey, I don't believe you're actually sick. Let's watch a movie. And like <laughs> me repeatedly going like, no, dude, I'm coughing. Like leave. Oh, my God. Six hours he was in there and like he got sick. Yeah. And today, like, you know, he'll kind of deny where it came from. And that that's fair. Like, you know, no, no one's is... ever going to know where their yeah. infection comes from. Yeah. Like, I don't know true. who got me. <laughs> right. I have a manager at King's who kind of like a year later was just like, I think I had it in December and I got you. And I was like, what? How do you get me in March? Like, yeah. I, I don't know what you're getting at. Like, but he had, you know, brain fog and other cognitive difficulties. So I think he had it, but I don't think he was the one who gave it to me. Yeah. But that, I... yeah, that's kind of just the weird thing with, with, uh, how you come into contact. It's, you know, my brother believes that he got it at work and yeah. my mom is like, no, no, you two gave it to each other. And, you know, <laughs> I went into his room twice without a mask cause I forgot about it. And that's why I push masks so hard is yeah. uh, that and you know we worked in a gross grocery store very close knit if if masks didn't work all of us would have been infected multiple times over and mm-hmm. all of those people would be probably pretty gre- egregiously disabled right now yeah. like, so it's just kind of like COVID minimization is what I'm dealing with a lot with family right now and I've kind of yeah. had to come forward and be like if I'm not going somewhere due to you know, having to make choices based off of health. I don't need to explain myself every time, you know. I don't need right. to mind you all that COVID is still going. I have a whole episode on boundaries with family and stuff like that, too. And what I found is just, I mean, especially if you're living with them, just walk away. Just state your boundary, walk away, and that's it. Because sometimes they don't give you that closure and stuff like that. And it's just, it's crap. Yeah. But... Yeah, that really sucks. What ended up happening after you were sick the first time? I mean, did you have long COVID then? Or did long COVID come after you were sick multiple times? Were you sick multiple times? That's a good question. Um, and yeah, good follow-up questions as well. Um, I've had to think a lot about it. I think the period of time between when my brother got sick and I went back to work I was starting to feel like I was improving, but it's hard to say because I went back after three weeks and my store managers were very rude about it. One of them was cracking jokes about, oh, we called every hospital looking for you because there's no way no one is sick for three weeks without being admitted. And like, I'm just like, get away from me. Like, I don't want to talk to you. about. Was this the early days too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this mm. was right when it hit. Like, okay. masks were just starting to be worn in the stores. You know, we didn't have customers complaining and, and having our uh, very political right-wing store manager make us take them off. Um, oh at that gosh. point, it was kind of, like, full-blown in. 
And when my brother got sick, the, the orders from uh, top-down CDC were if a family member is was exposed or sick, all of you quarantine. So all of us had to quarantine again. Uh, with mine, things were early, so they kind of did whatever they want. They visited my grandpa in the hospital while I was sick, and uh, there's a section of family that's pissed about that to this day, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I got so. blamed for it a little bit, though, so... It's a little bit like, you know, hey, I, I had no control over it. You know, the last right. time I saw him was at dinner with a whole extended family a week before. Like, you yeah. don't know when you have it in you until it, the symptoms hit. And you may not ever know because of asymptomatic infection. <laughs> right. And that's that's another problem, too, is the asymptomatic infections. And that's how you never know. I mean, you could have got it at the grocery store a week prior, but you don't know because that person was asymptomatic. And so that's all sorts of issues. So when did your long COVID begin appearing? Did it just never get better? And you were just like, oh, my God, it's been months. It was probably after. So I got exposed to my brother. I had gotten a mattress delivered like right before because <laughs> when my first bout of COVID I was on a mattress that was memory foam, but somehow was sinking. So I had horrible back pain. So I had a mattress delivered. We carried it to my room, and I was like, something feels wrong. I feel really tired again. And I just kind of like, my dad was with me, and I was like, hey, like, you should go away. You've had heart attacks. I don't feel well. And we were able to keep him safe. He's still the only member of our family not to have COVID, and I think that's... Damn hard to do we've had you know multiple outbreaks uh in the house and then once we left like my sister left early on uh to go to school up here and that's kind of like when i got long covid was after my second infection i went back to work uh similar time frame as the first like three to four weeks um and i started noticing every day that i felt awful like, there was no brief feeling of recovery this time around. It was, I still feel sick. I hope I'm not contagious. Oh, my gosh. What are some of your symptoms? Um, the, the biggest thing is I have heat intolerance because I have a constant fever. I'm not always aware of it, but, like, my forehead will start burning randomly. Um, night sweats, uh, fatigue, sore muscles... Um, I had a lot of chest pain that's kind of resolved here and heart palpitations um, that did su- do some kind of weird stuff to my heart. It's called a PVC, which basically just makes your heart skip beats randomly. Uh, I had a really high heart rate for a while and then a really low heart rate. And now I'm somewhere a little bit towards the low heart rate, but normal. Um, and I'm trying to think nausea. <laughs> nausea has been the real Oof. bad one. And now with the Omicron infection, or infections, I don't know, um, I have a daily sore throat, and my voice gets hoarse and raspy after too long. Like, a month ago, this conversation wouldn't be possible because my voice would have already gone out by now. But I've, uh, are you familiar with Metallica at all, the band? Yes. Uh, The lead singer threw out his voice after the Black Album similar to what covid is is doing to people right now um you have a weird thing with omicron that is giving people neck pain at the base of their spine and a sore throat and messed up voices and he had a, something similar when he throws his voice and he started doing physical therapy for it so i've been starting to do that but my job transitioned itself fully into a call center job in january and i took a paid leave February because I was struggling I had gotten Omicron somehow after New Year's I had an Omicron outbreak in my family at New Year's but we didn't go around them we were around them Christmas time so it is possible that we got it at Christmas my fiance has never had COVID she seems to have some kind of super immunity is what my doctor calls it um where literally she's been exposed multiple times at work and in front of me and She's fortunate. Uh, some of her family is the same way, except her mom. Uh, her whole family has COVID right now, and her mom is, is not doing hot. And I'm kind of seeing that around the whole country at the moment. I have an aunt that I'm deathly worried about right now with, uh, with who isn't recovering well from COVID. And oh, my goodness. It's really just becoming a snowball effect. Like, I don't know yeah. what this country does when nobody can work. Like, it's already... It's, 
uh, you know, shortage. <laughs> right. And I think this contributes to the shortages and to all those kinds of things. And this, once again, brings up the whole, like, disability situation. I mean, how are you treated the first time when you had long COVID and you had to go back to work and you were like, well, you know, I can't stack these right now. I'm just too winded. I'm too tired. I'm too this. I'm too that. I mean, how are you treated? Uh, it was a nightmare. Um, store management was very discriminatory. Store management uh, at that store, different managers had fired pregnant women. So I knew mm-hmm. that things would not be easy for me. Um, I was I had a fantastic meat manager, Daniel. Uh, I love that man to this day. He not only was A-OK every time I was out and, you know, just-in-time economy store, basically, where, you know, skeleton crew and, and not enough hours, and if someone out is someone is out sick, everybody's schedules are altered. So he was really good about doing that, and uh, he made it very bearable. But our HR manager and our store manager were always fishing for more medical information than they're legally allowed or legally required to ask, and that was my first lesson of being newly disabled is never give them more than what is legally required because if you give them an inch they'll take a mile and mm-hmm. you'll be telling them personal things it culminated basically uh when i had a mono reactivation in august of 2020 um that i had that's when i found out you know at that point guaranteed confirmed epstein bar reactivation <laughs> it just resides inside me i'm also a strep carrier too Woo-hoo. oh god yeah i am um, too not fun oh god i think yeah i think we talked about that one time at university we're like oh strep buddies yeah i remember that <laughs> so yeah definitely keep doing what you're doing so i can't imagine there are some people who are having strep reactivate and i kind of wonder sometimes if that's what's going on here but uh, back to your question, sorry. Um, my store managers were very bad about it, and it culminated in me having to bring out basically a paperwork of my entire medical record, and that was not legally necessary whatsoever. I remember mm-hmm. the man making me sit in his office with no mask on. Uh, he had just hidden a COVID outbreak that he himself brought to the store not too long before. Didn't know that at the time. But uh, just kind of made me sit there, and he read it over quietly and was like, okay, well, I guess you can come back. And probably about by January, when vaccines started rolling out, I started hearing whisperings through some of my coworkers were of the same political mindset um, in my department as my store manager. One guy mm. in particular who uh, talked about white replacement theory all the time, and oh I did not God. know it at the time until, you know, that rhetoric really escalated. Yeah. But it became pretty clear that I was not going to get any kind of support. My coworkers were making fun of me for still being sick. The same guy. He'd go, ha ha, I cough, cough, I have to be off for three weeks. And I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll give you, I'll swap bodies with you right now. You're 10 years older than me, and I guarantee you I'll feel younger. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel COVID, long COVID especially, has aged me, like, yeah. 10, 20 years. And I know I've talked to other people who are like, yeah, I feel 60, and I'm 30, yeah, man, I feel 50. <laughs> yeah, I, that's kind of what it sounds like. And I feel like that's kind of like what, what it kind of feels like. Obviously, I don't have long COVID or anything like that. But I do remember one time, and this is before COVID. This is like years ago when I was working at Plato's Closet, which fuck Plato's, by the way. So I was working at Plato's Closet and I was extremely sick. I had strep that had turned into bronchitis that had turned into a really bad sinus infection and I had to go to the doctor's office, and Plato's literally called my mom being like, she better have a doctor's note or she's fired tomorrow. And it was horrible. And I remember going there, you know, and there was a girl who was working who couldn't afford to take off, who her foot was broken. And they made her walk around the store with a broken foot. And she was crying, walking around the store, putting clothes away and stuff. And that's just, like, one of those things, like, and I can only imagine, like, now, okay, well, everybody's sick, and I can see, like, why companies are like, okay, so maybe you don't need so much experience, maybe, you know, you don't need this, or you don't need, you know, the military is now like, okay, you can have tattoos, yeah, because they're not going to have a fucking military if you're like, okay, no tattoos, okay, you have five people now, (laughs) like, that's kind of how it is. I think you brought up an excellent point, doctor's notes doctor's notes have been absolutely weaponized by every mm-hmm. every business every corporation every company you can think of uh 
gaslights their employees employees into sometimes financial ruin to go just to go to the doctors for something that doesn't require medical treatment and you will see especially when if you become chronically ill at some point um you'll see doctors be like why are you here you don't need to be here and the moment you tell them work is requiring it they'll sigh and they'll go with it and i used to apologize to my doctor all the time or doctors they'd be like hey sorry work's being really annoying i need a note and he'd be like oh no big deal it's part of the job and now it's just like here's your note and i'm like i get it man like it's wrong i don't think Mm -hmm. y'all should be wasting your time uh and some with their own personal time i'm pretty sure my primary care messages me when he's home and i'm just like dude you don't need to do that like work-life balance is something even doctors you know deserve they should have yeah for sure i want the medical like sorry i mean to cut you off like the burnout is so bad right now and i think just judging by the last two times i've been to like my urgent care here the medical system is breaking everything that mm. we tried to avoid the last two years is happening now you know it's i don't know what i don't know what to do like you know what is the solution here because the powers that be are just happy to pretend that everything's normal yeah and that's a that's an issue that's a really big issue i mean my uh, mother-in-law is in the um she's in the medical field as well she's an lnd nurse labor and delivery and after the whole roe v wade was overturned they are freaking out they are freaking out because they've had women who have ectopic pregnancies. They have to wait till they're going to die before they can actually work on them and help them. And the baby's not viable. But, yeah. you know, it's stuff like that that's going on right now with her entire, like, situation. But the powers of be, they want to say, like, this is normal. This is fine. It's okay. And, you know, I feel like the country's going to become more and more disabled. Um, with all of this stuff going on. And I just read an article the other day. Uh, it says the country's running out of COVID virgins. And I think that's very interesting because the more you get COVID, the more likely you are to get long COVID. What do you think the country's plan is for the people who do get long COVID long term and you have a mass population that's disabled? It, it, it's a question that has kept me awake at night for two plus years even before covid really started churning through the population was we don't seem to have a plan Mm -mm. if this gets out of hand and that definitely the first administration dealt with covid trump's admin 100 percent to blame for everything but we did elect i personally voted for joe biden same i i believe that that dude was going to actually mount a covid response Maybe Mm -hmm. shuffle around some people at the CDC who Mm -hmm. were minimizing. You know, I I was a big fan of Fauci in the beginning, and now I'm I'm kind of like, you were the reason why they told me not to mask in March. Like, you and and Jerome Adams, which I like Jerome Adams. He's the former U.S. Surgeon General because he's had a complete 180. He's like, yeah, we, we screwed up then, we're screwing up now. But, like, there is still part of me that's like, you told people not to wear N95s or surgicals. Mm-hmm. You told people to use T-shirts. And that's still going on today. A, a big reason why you see that uh, mask debate still going is because people will just be like, well, your T-shirt and little cloth mask is going to help. I'm like, bro, it's mitigation. Yes, right. you should wear an N95 now. And you should wear an in, a fitted N95 now. Whether you, know, you do that with... I use the Aura. I'll be perfectly honest with a lot of you. If we go to a long shopping trip, which now with monkeypox, we're back to delivery. I was wearing a full face respirator because there have been times where I've gotten sick from not wearing glasses or something to protect my eyes. And mm-hmm. that happened at King's, even with a face shield. I wore a face shield and uh, unfortunately a three layer cloth mask most of my time there um, because mask education was bad. So when it comes to, like, what's the long-term plan, what does the government get out of this, it gets almost to conspiracy territory because how can you explain a mass-disabling event? And what is the plan? Because let it rip has been the strategy for the last year, and you would think by now they're like, okay, herd immunity, herd immunity, immunity, sorry, is not a thing. You know, because of all these variants, yes, at one point I do believe with the vaccines uh, we could have. We definitely could have, but now because so many people decided not to get the vaccines, now we have the issue of 
oh my god we have so many variants you know and now we have another I don't even know if it's a COVID variant, but it's like a, it's, I think it's called a Precha virus or something like that. And it's ripping through fucking infants. Yeah. Little infants are starting to, their organs are shutting down from this virus. And the hepatitis outbreak in, in yeah. kids is absolutely COVID related. They won't say it, but there are other countries that have come out and said, what's the common denominator with all these children with hepatitis? Mm-hmm. COVID outbreak. COVID they outbreaks. all had COVID. It's all COVID, and COVID is just ripping through, and I do think that COVID has something to do with monkeypox, too, because suddenly it's mutating randomly and after now a dude COVID. who wasn't vaccinated for polio, which, why, uh, right. just came back into New York with contagious polio. So, it's like I was saying before, I don't have a clear answer, because obviously the government does either, or they don't tell us, but I personally think COVID is an immune system clearing disease like AIDS yeah. is. But now you have basically airborne AIDS killing people's immune systems, mm-hmm. making people disabled because I know people who are far worse off than me and I try Same. to keep that in mind. Yeah. I know bedbound people. Yeah, you you know how it is. Like I try to I used to really talk about long covid a lot. I would share on Facebook all the time, "Hey, you know, this is why mask wearing is beneficial." And I had to stop because people just stopped caring like no, I like to look 2020. at it, and I like to see what's going on, because I'm not in the long COVID space. I don't know what's going on. I know what the news says, and I know what, like, you know, Philip DeFranco says. I don't know I what's it. actually happening <laughs> out there on, you know, boots on the ground, that kind of stuff. I have no idea. So that's why I, like, wanted to get you on the show, so that you can sh- share the, like, actual shit that's going on. And I do have some listeners from overseas, too. I don't know if this oh, guy, this applies to you guys, um, but I hope that you enjoy I don't know, watching the downfall of America? I don't know. Um, but Honestly, though. Yeah, for real. Um, you know, just like this is what's happening here, at least in Colorado. You know, I'm not sure if other places and stuff like that. But I do, I do know that at one point when I was at university, I had gotten really sick. And this was before COVID, obviously. I graduated six months before COVID. Oh, hit. God, we walked at the right time, huh? <laughs> we did. We really walked. Um, but anyway, so it was like six months before. I was so stressed out with classes, everything. That stupid fucking screenwriting class. I ended up getting shingles. Oh. And shingles is super contagious, if you don't know that. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't get any time off of school. And I was like, so, I mean, I could your class you can't get you know so i had to go to school and i would wrap my and it was on my knee weird place to get shingles weird place but i wrapped my knee with all sorts of just rags and stuff like that because i didn't want to get anybody sick you know i didn't want to and i just i'm like how are people supposed to survive and let everybody acts like it's like 2019 2018 and it's not people are dying left and right i mean have you personally known anybody in your family who has passed away from covid um no which is rare i I, the closest i have is a family friend's uncle like most of us if like most of my family has had covid now um, but nobody has died because most of the most vulnerable members, besides the younger people, uh, yeah. were able to avoid it. I did have an uncle who had passed away of um, complications, basically. I never got to meet him, but I was planning to, which was really sad. Uh, it's my, my grandpa's brother. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really sad, and... Um, you know, other than him, I haven't really known anybody personally, but pretty much everybody, I mean, even during my wedding in 2020, which let me tell you, a COVID wedding, very interesting. Um, (laughs) yeah, I basically grouped the tables together by who was living together so we could keep the tables separate. Nobody really had to wear too many masks, you know, it was an interesting situation, but yeah. So, um, that, that was pretty much how that had gone, but I, I don't know a whole lot of people who had passed away from it. I've met people that know people, but do you think that the news is minimizing anything that's going on with long COVID or COVID at all? Absolutely. I think, I think early on the whole focus on, on excess deaths versus died of COVID was just a huge distraction to keep the numbers down. You know, what was Trump's favorite thing? 
the numbers will go down if we don't test, which yeah, they're doing now and they're getting away with it. <laughs> but um, the same kind of deal with that. Like, uh, there's so much minimization going on because it is scary. No one wants to think that they're going to be ultimately disabled in some capacity in their life. Everyone wants to think that it's an othered kind of situation. Well, mm-hmm. I'm different. Uh, those. And I say others, like, just to describe marginal group. Like, anyone that's not you, that you perceive as being worthy of getting sick, I guess. Right. There's a lot of that in this country. Like, if they had come out and said, with masks, masks protect you, not somebody else, you would have had 100% mask wearing right here. Um, But I think the focus on excess deaths versus died of covid also led to conspiracy theories uh number one thing i'd always hear working at king supers was guys in the deli talking to customers being like they're only in this to get hospitals money um you know a guy gets in a car accident they write he died of covid and like just a lot of stupid stuff like that i have some of that in my family too yeah, I, I have. Yeah, my brother. I have an older brother that I don't talk to anymore because mm-hmm. he is one of those kinds of people and has minimized it. But I think if the media was more truthful about long COVID and actually gave out facts and started covering like how people are not going to be able to work, I think a lot more might be getting done by the government. But I also don't understand why the government isn't doing more than it is. Until you look at how the disabled are historically been treated in this country, yeah, then you begin to understand why they're not caring. Yeah, the disabled and the elderly are the two groups that are tend that tend to be just put away and shoved in a cupboard, and they don't exist. And the homeless, of course, are also a part of that as well. Oh, yeah. And now we have the housing crisis. We have a situation where America is no no longer able to feed babies. Women's health care is now being completely obliterated. So I really don't think that we're a developed nation anymore. I do see this more as like a a nation where we are more so underdeveloped but trying to look like we're developed if if uh, you follow me there absolutely i i agree with you 100 percent. i think maybe beginning of trump's admin we still could be considered a first world country but by the end of it uh every country he was calling a shithole country was just really us like yeah we we've lost that american exceptionalism maybe mm-hmm. it was never there to begin with you know i used to be very patriotic And my whole thing was, and still is, I guess, to some degree, um, hate the government, love the country. But now seeing a lot of how my fellow countrymen act and cheer when women's rights are torn away and even enable, you know, their fellow women to lose their rights and celebrate it and talk about it and also push a Christo-fascist agenda. uh, I don't think it's a country to be celebrated anymore. And I can't understand the whole, you know revoking of Roe v. Wade as established law unless you think of in the concept of, of Hands Mate's Tale impossible apocalypse scenario where they're just trying to force people to have kids so they can keep having, you know, the next generation of, of wage slaves. And I don't mean that to be conspiratorial or or disrespect slavery in any any capacity. I look at people like Elon Musk who are like, I want to take your grandchildren to Mars and make them work. And that's where I fear things are are kind of headed with the country, you know, is you will have this 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 trend right now, which the president is doing with active covid is go to work even while you're sick. No big deal. You don't need to rest. Covid's not big. It's mild. You'll long covid's mild. You'll be okay. And the reality is, no, a lot of the people that I know personally Mm -hmm. who've been forced to go back to work while sick or even just recovering when they're not contagious, uh, it almost guarantees long COVID and studies are now coming out saying like, if you don't rest, that's you're, you're, you're not even throwing the dice. You're, you're throwing loaded dice. (laughs) You just basically lost. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but you know, when, when you're a new mom and stuff like that, the brain fog and all those kinds of things and stuff like that, you need to rest. You need a break. You can't constantly be doing everything. You're going to fucking lose your mind. And that's just kind of how that goes. I feel like it's the same thing with long COVID. But at the same time, when you sit down, when you do the things you want to do, when you take that break, when you're like, oh my gosh, 10 minutes of watching, I don't know, Avatar, that'd be fucking great, right? But then they sit there and they're like, oh, you're lazy. And that's how America is. 
you know, but if you go over there to like, I, I, I don't know, like Italy or something like that, like they actually have naps during the day. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Why can't we have naps? Why can't we have a, a section where we're chilling out and we're not working constantly and all the time and like little worker ants and stuff like that? You can work and take a break and come back to a problem and solve it much better. Yeah, I think a lot of like middle management and churn and burn kind of managers like the guy I'm dealing with right now, they can't understand the concept of uh, of rest after working hard. Like, And I'll be honest, I think 100% that I was almost guaranteed long COVID because I was forced to shovel uh, in a blizzard while having active COVID and yeah. I nearly fainted in the snow. So yeah. I've always told people early on, don't try to be macho. Don't try to, you know, mm-hmm. help the company out. Stay home. Even right. now with a work from home job, I know people who will, will like, you know, hop into a meeting. He'll be like, hey, sorry, man, I have COVID right now. And I'm like, leave the meeting. Go home. Oh, I, I can handle it. I'm like, you don't want this. You don't want to struggle to read things out loud at times. You don't want to feel like a prisoner in a body that's not yours. And you don't want to, you know, worry about your future, man. Like, it's not a fun time, you know, be cautious while you still can be. (laughs) Right. 100. Like, taking care of yourself first is, like, a big, big, big thing. Uh, So, you said you were disabled before, right? Um, I wouldn't have considered myself disabled. I guess, like, under, you know, the definition, sure, Epstein-Barr can be considered. But my Mm -hmm. particular, like... Uh, a case of it, I guess, and continuing case, is it stays hidden in me most of the year. I don't feel it except for maybe one to three months, and now with long COVID, uh, it's kind of rare. But I also make sure that, now that I know what it is, that I can mitigate it with uh, you know, taking medication, supplements, right. Keeping things, it like check. things like but that. Things like that. I would say that it's hard for me to be like, yeah, I was disabled before this, but if you were talking immunity and, you know, being able to fight mm-hmm. off disease, yeah, I would consider myself disabled before long COVID. Are you disabled now? Are you considered disabled now? Yes. And I will say, like, I did a little research before coming on here today because it pertains to my work problems right now, too. The problem, like disability in all forms in this country, is you have to prove your worthiness to Social Security. And yeah. right now with long COVID, they can straight up say, well... Your your sore muscles or your brain fog aren't high enough on the, the scale. On the stupid list, oh, yeah. yeah. It's the same so, with my migraines. You have to have yeah. a certain level of disability before you can get those checks. That's how that works. I, I went to awesome. school for sign language for like 10 years, so I know all about the disability thing. The other issue that I'm sure you've run into is, let's say you're fired for having long COVID or, I don't know, being pregnant, who are you going to tell? The Absolutely. workforce, they don't give a shit. And they may get back to you in weeks or months' time. Yeah. There was one time um, when I was going to university, I didn't get a job. I didn't get a job because I was straight. Really? Yeah. I'd believe it there. there, there there's some weird stuff that are at our university where I could mm-hmm. see discrimination. There's a lot of discrimination um, in places you wouldn't suspect, but there, there's not a lot that anyone will do about it. They say, oh, well, that's illegal. Well, you can't do that. Well, yeah. who, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? Because that's who you might as well call at this point. Like, there's no one there that's going to actually help you. They need to have actual consequences for these companies. And more than just like, okay, you have to pay $500,000. Like, what is that to them? A slap on the wrist? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> if you're rich enough to pay a fine to get away with a law, it wasn't a law to begin with. It's just participation money. Like, that's how I've always... Basically, it. it's like, oh, it costs this much not to hire you. It's yeah. worth it. That's pretty much what it's like. You know, that that, you see, sorry, go ahead. That's just how they look at it. And rich people, they tend to look like, say you're parking in the wrong place. They just look, it costs this much to park here. That's how they look at it. That's how they see it. But for us, it's a fine. (laughs) Yep. I have a former friend that, oh, I guess like I'd say childhood friend. I won't say former because he doesn't know that like his views have kind of like turned me away from him. But he is one of those people. Like, he called me up when the BLM riots happened. And I don't want to mm-hmm. say riots. That's how he referred to them. When mm-hmm. the protests started. And he, like, said anyone that was in favor of change in this country or, you know, justice, 
were a bunch of losers who didn't get their their way in life and now they want to drag everyone down to their level this is a multi-million dollar oil exec now in his 30s who just openly tells me he has disdain for the poor and, and the marginalized communities and and I don't know honestly just racist because like I've been around some of his older extended family and I was treated like a pariah and it, it, I know there's no video on on, on, the, on this but like I'm very white passing for, for mixed race like you would not really know I was Hispanic until you saw my last name and a lot of the times with facing discrimination especially in the workplace that's what is a giveaway is my last name I didn't even know until now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you would have no idea because like i think maybe like my nose and my hair is about like the only features where you could be like huh but it's not like noticeable enough but like it's kind of just with in terms of discrimination it it comes in the same way with disability you know once somebody finds out enough information about you you're you're a lesser person to them yeah they don't need to treat you the the way that they're described and that's why a lot of people who believe in that are also anti-ada um mm-hmm. anti-passing laws to protect people yeah. and more laws are honestly needed like my my experience with the ada and trying to get a reasonable accommodation at my current company was a nightmare and i'm yeah. trying to fight off hr from trying to do it again right now the ada is a joke i used to work at a call center company i forgot what the name was um but i used to work at a call center company with a girl who was very very obviously pregnant she was going to pop i was kind of like why are you here but anyway so she was um reprimanded a couple of times because you know when you're pregnant you have to get up to pee a lot so therefore you're not calling as many people (laughs) um but yeah so she had to pee a lot um i have to pee a lot too so i would get up every 10 minutes specifically every fucking 10 minutes to go pee and i would put people on hold just to go to the bathroom and pee and she got in trouble with hr i was fine i was never (laughs) reprimanded at all and I did this for like a week (laughs) but she was (laughs) reprimanded and I was just kind of like I don't understand why so when they fired her I walked out too because that's some bullshit and you shouldn't be doing that to people and now you know seeing how pregnant women are treated firsthand you know people are very nice and they'll open doors for you but they're not very quick to give you a job yeah and I think if anyone needs a job, especially a stay-at-home job, like, why can't a mom do it? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. There are so many jobs out there that, you know, <laughs> there's, there was that meme going like a month ago, and a lot of people work from home that I knew that were in the industry uh, didn't like it, but I thought it was absolutely applicable. And it was like uh, this backlash against these girls who did like a TikTok of them in the pool while working what they called bullshit email jobs. And all these people got outraged, and they're like, they shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to do that you know that's not real work and the reality is a lot of those jobs are like that like the one the job i work right now and again i i won't mention the company just be on the safe side i don't want to bring their wrath on upon me or you um they're a background check company for certain apps and services that are very popular mm-hmm. and they really they, they brand themselves as a progressive company. They, they go hard on their benefits when I got hired. Um, they are pretty good about maternity leave. I will give them that. But my experience with uh, long COVID and being sick with them and then trying to do everything by the book, do everything they're asking for, and also, you know, improve scores. Like you said, you know what a call center job is like. This job started off as like, email support slash you know in the future you will be doing phones to hey guess what we took away your paid sick time it's accrued now because it used to be unlimited that was one of the reasons why i said yes and i'll be honest i didn't have any other choices at the time Mm -hmm. but it became very apparent early on like two weeks in that this was like you said there were signs you know, the NDA and stuff should have been the anti disparagement clause absolutely should have been like a red flag. And they were, but 
I had been on unemployment for six months after I left Kings, and we we live in the apartment that we're in now, and my savings were about exhausted. So started working with them, and about two weeks into the role, I started. They had a uh, an update to their still at the point at that point unlimited paid t- time off for sickness, doctor's notes. So within it first started really like a weird requirement. Within a 90-day rolling period, if you called out sick more than twice on the third time, you would need a doctor's note. And because of how intensive and time-requiring training was, I started having sick days, like, a few weeks in. Because I knew that I needed days off to recover, otherwise this job was not going to work out. And You know, it's not very labor-intensive as sending emails is, conversating, doing projects, attending meetings, uh, physically, like, sometimes having to go places uh, for training, or if I chose to, to go to the office now, which I don't. Um, those kinds of things, like, will really add up if you have long COVID, and I, I face discrimination very on, early on there. I've had a total of three managers since I've been at this company, and the first guy is, like, a high-up director. There were no managers when I got hired. I didn't actually get a manager like until three months in, but this guy, you know, telling me the the sick sick day policy with doctor's notes, kept making jokes about, oh, you must be wanting another long weekend, or oh, you must be trying to get another day to go skiing, and it was super uncomfortable because it was like I just went through a horrible experience at King Super slash Kroger, uh, with them getting more medical information out of me than was necessary, and here we are again. This guy's fishing, and. Yep. You know, the fishing tactic is something that the third boss here... I won't talk too much about the second guy because I have nothing negative to say about him. I never had any performance issues under my first two bosses, but uh, I took a paid sick leave in February after coming down with uh, Omicron and came back and I had been shifted into a new management group. And I was like, oh, what the hell is this? Like, why? And the official reason I was told was, oh, he's uh, he's local. He's Colorado-based because we have offices in, in Florida and California. And I thought something was off. And my suspicions were confirmed when someone from Florida joined our group like two weeks later. I already felt like there was some retaliation going on for taking this paid sick leave because it was eight weeks long. They made me be- jump through several hoops. My doctor's office, by the end of it, was exhausted and like, I don't know what they want. Like, we filled out their paperwork. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, done their following up questions. It was just them trying to generate every little hoop to be like, okay, well, you didn't do that, so you can't go on leave. Um, so everything with him was okay for a little bit. Like, I was able to go through the phone training, start getting readjusted, and I didn't have any issues until May of this year with him. And like I said... Uh, since April, I likely got an Omicron reinfection. Um, I was seeking medical treatment during the paid sick leave, and a lot of it was in-person visits. But towards the end, Omicron was surging towards April, and I tried very hard not to get an in-person appointment for a checkup. And the nurses on station and my doctor were very against it. Uh, they were trying to look at an accommodation to make me permanent work from home because the company I worked for was kind of threatening people like, hey, if you're not performing well, we'll make you come to the office. But yeah. I think they found out they legally can't do that. If yeah. everyone comes back or you stay as you are, I think is how it goes. Yeah. And that tends to, to be the the thing. Is that, I don't know. Some of the companies like Elon Musk fucking pisses me off with that nonsense. Oh, absolutely. But anyway, we've got to wrap up here. Yeah. Because, you know, things. But before we go, I do want to say, um, you know, I've got a couple links down in the, you know, the description down below. So that I've got a GoFundMe for you. Do you want to talk about your GoFundMe real quick? Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just keep it brief. Um, I was put on an unpaid leave between mid-May and June by my company and had to make a GoFundMe because I blew through my savings uh, with a car repair bill of almost $4,000. Um, same week that Checker threw me out, I had begged to come back. I've used the 401, all my 401k to pay rent. So I have a GoFundMe going that I will still keep going until I really start into my new role here next month. Um, a big reason part of that is just because me and my fian- fiance have had to uh, really deplete 
every every personal holding that we've had and for a minute there until the GoFundMe was presented we were really one paycheck away from starting to ha- you know go through an eviction process you know and yeah. her father is the co-signer on the apartment so there was no way I was gonna let that happen yeah so if you guys you know if you can donate anything even if it's just a dollar or two I know times are tough out there you know it'd be great but if you can't go ahead and share it on your social media that kind of stuff helps too if we could spread this shit like COVID that would be awesome you know um also don't forget to follow him on Twitch Afro Pope Live right yep that's correct um might be changing the name here the live part was always just me being sarcastic because every Twitch stream for the most part is live (laughs) <laughs> um, but I don't know what I'll rebrand to. It'd either just be Afropope. But yeah, for right now, uh, Afropope Live, I'm on pretty much every social media you can think. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I try to keep it simple. It's just Afropope Live. And YouTube. Also, YouTube. <laughs> and YouTube. Damn. That, that's really awesome. And also, don't forget Patreon link as well. And don't forget, guys, you know, like, subscribe, comment, all those kinds of things uh, for me and Alex. It'd be awesome. Um, but don't forget to check him out over on his channels tell him that i said hi tell him i sent you and uh yeah hope you guys have a good one and i will see you guys uh next week bye